This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but it is the last episode of Maybe Baby Season 2. I asked you for a sound effect. Is that not the right one? one? Hold on. (laughs) Please. Going to be hearing lots of that now. (laughs) It's Kate and Bodge here for the final time before the birth of our little human. Welcome. Exciting times, isn't it? I just want to say how much I've enjoyed the journey I've been on doing this podcast. You know, how my body has grown and changed as I've eaten more and more and not exercised as much. And, and, you know, Kate, you've experienced some changes as well, haven't you? But it has mostly been about me. Yeah, it's mostly been about you, handsome. You Mm. are the focal point of Maybe Baby, which, you know, started out as the podcast for the parentally undecided. And it's now mainly about impressions of your mum. Martin! Listened. 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 Anyway, for the series finale, we wanted to speak to the boss of parenting podcasts, a woman who's not only an amazing mum herself, but she also helps millions of other parents and parents-to-be with a Happy Mum, Happy Baby podcast. She's a mum of three as well, so she knows everything there is to know about... Sales. Is it sales she knows Babies, about? Babies, Bodge. It's not the time for sales. It's always the time for sales. <laughs> it was so great to speak to Giovanna Fletcher about all aspects of her life. And as you'll hear, um, she's just wonderfully honest and open, which makes me love her all the more. Um, also, thank you to uh, tech support Tom Fletcher, her husband, and uh, in-house IT expert, who managed to make things work after around 20 minutes of trying to connect. He's us going, Hello? Hello, can you hear us? We could hear them. They couldn't hear us. At one point, it did sound like we were getting our very own personal McFly sound checks. He was going two, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. I felt a real kinship <laughs> with him there based on the fact that when you do your radio show from home, all I hear is, but it's not working. Come out that happens me. every now and then. Come on. More than enough times. We'll, of course, be back at the end. Uh, with some thank yous and some final series thoughts, a bit like Jerry Springer. Uh, but for now, we hope you enjoy the last episode of the series. All right, this is one guest who needs no introduction, which is a silly phrase to use because how else can we tell you how wonderful she is? Mother to Buzz, Buddy and Max, a Sunday Times number one bestselling author, one of the UK's most successful podcasters, and she happened to win a reality TV show last month. Not sure if you saw it. It was in a castle. There were sheep's testicles, snakes, Shane Ritchie, queen of the castle. She's interviewed our future queen, and if I had my way, she'd be in charge right now to get us out of this bloody mess. It is the one, the only, Giovanni! Fletcher, everybody! <laughs> oh, I even get clapping and cheering. That's lovely. 
<laughs> there you go. Thanks so much, guys. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Maybe Baby. First of all, Giovanna, before we go any further, mm. happy birthday for this Friday. Happy uh, birthday to you. Day to you. Welcome to the Lockdown Birthday Crew. guys. I don't want to say I got carried away with the technology, but I have spent a little while uploading sounds. By the time this goes out, you'll be 36. I know, I know. Do you know what? I can remember turning 26 and literally being on the floor, (laughs) weeping, like having a toddler tantrum, being like, I'm going to turn 26 and I can't believe it. What have I done with my life? (laughs) And um, yeah, so it's weird. That whole decade has gone from that. And I I feel okay about turning 36. I mean, maybe when I'm turning 40, I might feel a bit different. But 36 feels... Okay. You've achieved a couple of things in, in that time. So, yeah, you've done all right. You've done <laughs> it's all been right. a good decade. It yeah, definitely yeah. has. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think there'll be no throwing yourself on the floor, uh, crying in a tantrum. <laughs> Can I guess what you're doing to celebrate your birthday? Oh, go on then. Are you going for a walk? <laughs> yes. Yes, knew I it. most definitely will. Yeah. Let me know it. Guess what? What do you think I'll be drinking on the walk? Hot chocolate with cream. There we go. And what type of cream? Full fat. Squirty cream, that's what I meant to say. My favourite, which I like to take out of the fridge and just squirt into my mouth. That's what the kids have started enjoying. Oh, don't. What are your plans, though, for Friday? I imagine Tom and the kids have got some nice surprises up their sleeve for you. Well, I imagine we've got a bit of homeschooling to get on with. Crikey. um, Because school don't stop for no one, it turns out. Um, uh, Which has been the weirdest part about snow actually happening. Because we're like, snow day. Oh, no, (laughs) there's no snow day. Did you not give them the day off? Well, no, but we did. We did a couple of lessons and then we went out sledging because we had the main bit of snow on the Sunday. Of course. Uh, and then Monday was great for sledging. Uh, so we went out and they had like a two hour break and then we came back in. They had a rest and they got with work. So we did manage to factor all that in. But yeah, Friday, I think we'll have a nice breakfast. They've got a live lesson at nine, which I will be in my pajamas for. Is yeah. that the teacher's? As in uh, the teacher from their school on Zoom yeah. or something? Okay, yeah, okay. exactly. So you literally get to log them onto teams or buzz can do it himself now and then in theory you walk away for 15 minutes and you have a nice hot drink and you go ah this doesn't feel <laughs> like we're in lockdown at all um and instead and, yeah. you go mom it's not working <laughs> yeah. can you help me yeah. can we get tech support day. tom on the case your <laughs> home your homeschool classroom was so adorable oh, well so first time around we just had buzz doing it and i set buzz up a little desk in my office mm. which was okay because i could carry on working sort of beside him yeah I'm just having him sort of ask me all the questions that he was meant to be asking answering while I was trying to write a book that's fine (laughs) Um, whereas this time around we did try and separate them Uh, so one was in they were both in different rooms but uh, we just thought you know what let's just give them a room so that their stuff is just there they can be set up they have their headphones on when they've got their live lessons anyway they're always on mute so they won't be interfering with each other and it's worked really well. It feels like they're doing it together, even though they're separate, um, which is quite nice. And then we've got the two-year-old as well, who just every now and then <laughs> comes in and sits on a live lesson <laughs> and just watches what they're doing. Yeah, His maths isn't great, I imagine, compared to the six-year-old. <laughs> so they ask some questions, well. he's like picking his nose. 
I have to remind them that their teachers can see them because when they do <laughs> sit there like picking their nose or not looking or whatever, I'm just like, they can see you. Not only can your teachers see you, all the other parents can see you. So don't, <laughs> yeah. and it's being videoed, so stop it. Amazing. <laughs> well, thankfully our dogs don't require homeschooling, but you know what? It's, I felt for parents. I really mm. have. How have you generally found it over the last year? I think um, it's come in waves and you've got mm. that a bit of a battle in your head, I would say. Like first time round... I felt like me and Tom were able to go, whatever we get done work-wise, we get done. And Mm -hmm. it's important that the kids feel like, you know, nothing bad is going on, that they feel safe, they feel loved. uh, And let's find a a proper balance of it. But that can only last for so long before you Mm -hmm. have to start getting all of your stuff done and you have to start being productive and, you know, making money so that you can live in the house that you live in and stuff. But we've just lowered our expectations all around and taken some of the pressure off. Um, There are days where it literally just falls apart and you've got, you know, a four-year-old having a tantrum just before he's meant to go on the Zoom or the live (laughs) the teams thing. And you're like, this is never going to happen today. It's not going to work out in anyone's favor. And before you know it, five seconds to go, he's sat there and he's paying attention. So you're just like, that's fine. But I think we wake up some days and we feel overwhelmed and we feel troubled about what's going on. And, you know, so for them... They must feel that too. They must have Mm. bad days and just feel like the monotony of it all and how they're not seeing their mates and not having the freedom that they would have had normally. So I I think it's a a case of taking the pressure off and being um, kind to each other and to ourselves. And also with our kids, we know that if they are getting that cabin fever kind of way, we need to get them outside. So Mm. that walk that we go on, their behaviour changes the moment we step outside. So important, isn't it? So yeah. important. I was going to um, just jump back to your birthday because this is mm. actually um, something me and Kate were talking about. So I, I just turned 37 in January myself. And ah, uh, thank you very much. Me and Kate have been together for nearly eight years now. And we're getting to stage now. And we're like, I don't know what to buy the other person. You Speak and Tom yourself. have been together like 17, 18 years now. Yeah. Is that yeah. right? So what do you buy each other for your birthday? <laughs> like at that point, you just go, you have everything you need. <laughs> so we go, what do you need? What, what yeah. do you like? <laughs> Well, you know, I've gone through the whole thing where I bought Tom once just every single board game that we would have played growing up. Babe, if you bought me every board game, that oh, that's a great present, no? You well, that, that was one year and then that's gone. So then you go, and then you kind of like, <laughs> well, I don't do just want to buy you stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so this year, actually, I, my laptop is um, pretty odd. It's got a crack through the screen, actually, where <laughs> someone might have knocked it off the sofa. Uh, so <laughs> I'm actually going to get a cheeky uh, laptop which is, you know, very nice uh, for nice. work and stuff as well. But it's, yeah, it's a nice thing as well. Um, I like that. What do you need? Yeah. That's what you said to me for Christmas. Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. And you also do. we've got that thing as well where with other people buying presents as well, we like things that you can either use, eat, um, <laughs> you know, things that don't stick around. Yeah. You know, we don't want to give people other stuff that might not be to their taste or, you know, that they feel like they have to put in their office <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> oh, just give us some alcohol all right we'll drink it and it'll be gone within a week thank you very but much was, so tom's sister one year she literally got us 12 bottles of wine perfect six white six red incredible yeah probably didn't last as long as it should have done but every time we sat down and had an opened a new bottle we thought of her and it was really really lovely 
But yeah, I mean, we have taken it too far before. Like we've literally knitted, because we're so cool, we have literally knitted every single member of our family a scarf because we were knitting. We were watching The Sopranos and knitting scarves for our families. There's a clash of cultures there, the the knitting and The Sopranos. (laughs) Yeah. Not often often they cross over. Now we're thrilled to have you on for our final episode, Mama G. So let's briefly rewind to December and this. (laughs) Wash! The first ever Queen of the Castle. Congratulations. What a couple of months it's been for you. I know it's been so surreal. I think it's surreal anyway before you go in because you're cut off from everything, which Mm -hmm. you all know that experience of like being completely cut off and not being able to communicate with the outside world at all and not knowing what people are thinking. And then when you go in, you've gone from a world where you're completely isolated and for us in lockdown and then... (laughs) you're allowed to be with people and hug people. And and it's strange because I've always watched those sorts of programs and not understood when people say, oh, you just forget that the cameras are there. They don't, yeah. they don't mean anything. You know, they, they, they don't feel intrusive. And I think actually now we live in a time where we're so accessible all the time. Mm. Everyone can get hold of us every second of the day. And, and for some reason, not being able to have everyone ask anything of me and just living in a house of cameras actually felt yeah. much easier. Yeah. Oh, I bet that felt liberating. I, it I, really did. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. You're aware of the cameras for the first, what, day, night? Within a day, you're just living in your own little bubble. That must have been so nice to hug and be near. I know there were strangers, but they become your friends like within a matter yeah, of minutes, it's don't they? Yeah, done so clever, yeah. like, cleverly, because straight away you are, for us, at the, edge, at the top of a cliff and... For me, Shane Rich is going to have to lower me down. So your life is in each <laughs> other's <again>. hands. <laughs> your life is in other people's hands straight away. So you do create that bond. And you know that other people are missing their families. We've all gone through a really yeah. weird year. So you do feel like that connection um, straight away. Although one, set, one thing I will say about not knowing about the cameras being there, one night I was sure that someone was eating Something like a pizza or a pasta. It was a tomato. You only suddenly can smell like the tomatoey, basil-y, garlic smell. That's like being in the desert and then you see an oasis and you run to it. And you're like, there's nothing here, it's just more sand. It's like if you're just if you're so hungry, you're like, I can smell the tomatoes. I know. It was literally, I think it was, it was when it, I was the only girl left. So I think it was me and the guys. And I was literally just like circling the living area going, guys, there's something here. I can smell it. I can smell it. That just sounds like your Italian sense is popping off babe so you were just i need pizza would you think it was a cameraman then just having a cheeky I pizza think so i think so something was definitely going on Fancy there was something that. that was not rice and beans being wafted through God, the that, camera gallery that would be torture yeah do you know what i was so glad you won because you were a joy to watch and even on telly your maternal your maternal side it didn't go unnoticed you were like you were shoulder to cry on you were the glue that held the camp together and every year there's a kind of, I don't want to say mum of the camp, but there is. And it looked like you genuinely loved being Mama G. Yeah. And it's funny because before going in, um, when you're asked in interviews and stuff, you know, what your role's going to be, I was suddenly like, well, I'm a mum in real life. So I don't mm. really want to be the mum in the camp. You know, it was that weird thing. I don't, I yeah. want to go in there and have no responsibilities <laughs> because I have responsibilities all the time at home. And actually, yeah, I just cared for people, I guess. And, and you actually realised that, before becoming a mum, I was maternal. Mm. Uh, then having a baby made me go, I'm not maternal at all. <laughs> this is far more difficult. Um, and then, um, yeah, so it was nice in a way, feeling like you can be that shoulder to cry on and, and being there. And also, I find that being there for people makes me stronger mm. in a sense that... Um, 
because it, it makes you get a hold of how you're feeling, kind of sort yourself out a bit so that you can help other people. And then by helping other people, you're almost helping yourself. Like you're saying words of wisdom to them, but to then going, yes, 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 I'm, I'm taking this in. Do you ever feel like it's a burden though? Because to always be the mum, you know, like you said in that interview before, you're like, mm. everyone knows me as a mum. I want to kind of not be a mum. And then you get there and everyone's like, help. Like emotionally, mm. they're turning to you. Is it ever a burden? Do you ever just go, I'll piss off everyone? <laughs> just like, I'm not your mum, go away. Like, do you, does it ever become a burden like that? No, because then if I'm the one going around going, you're right, you know, yeah. kind of opening it up or if people seem a bit down, putting an arm around someone. So I guess if you're going out there asking for it, you can't then yeah. uh, kind of go, okay, are oh, you all right? I'm not, my ears are closed right now. <laughs> I'm not listening. Um, but I think I did feel is at the end of the first week, I realised that I was doing, I not everyone was, everyone was busy, but just catching myself feeling a bit like a scullery maid, kind of running from job to job mm. and doing everything. And then um, when I was made leader at one point, that forced me to stop. Yeah. And that yeah. was brilliant because you realise that you can very easily live your life on the periphery. Mm. Yeah. And so life is going on around you and you feel like you're a part of it because you're there, but you're not really there. You're not in it. So that was a, a huge lesson for me, actually. Yeah. But I think your caring nature, that played a major part in why you won because you were... You were always putting others first, even with your luxury item, S Club 7s, Reach. You know, you were allowed to play that three times for everyone to enjoy, not just you. Like, Bodge would have taken a pillow. Definitely, 100%. Had anyone ever taken a song into the jungle before you? Because what a great idea. I think they have, yeah. And um, for me, like, I'm not bothered about mascara or a hairbrush or anything (laughs) like that. So there were a few, I, I could have taken like a little cuddly toy from Buddy that he mm. took everywhere, but then I thought, well, if I lose it. And f- so for a song, I just thought, we know that it's going to be cold. We know it's going to be miserable. Um, mm. And so people just might need that little bit of a boost. Uh, so, but picking a song was really tough. Yeah. I literally went through all the wedding, all the songs that, you might, that might come on at a wedding and everyone jumps up. And then I had my final three. What were the other ones? Oh, girls what didn't make it fun. into the... Prodigy <gasps> Firestarter. <laughs> no. Cindy girls Lauper. just want to have fun yeah. and um, uh, build me up Buttercup. Tune. And, um, and then, so those are my final three. And then I was watching uh, 8 Out of 10 Cats does Countdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally the night before what I had to decide. And someone on there started reciting Reach like it was a poem. And every, but the thing that got me, first of all, I was like, well, this is a sign. But also every single person there, no matter their age, got it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay. So if I play that, everyone is going to know it. And I felt good about that. And they did. Everyone got up and danced. And that must have given you a real buzz as well, knowing that you were responsible for those moments. Yeah. Do you know what? There was a moment. So we all kind of knew that the items were going to be coming at some point. And then when you start talking to people and, and they're like, oh, I've got a picture, I've got a framed photo, I've got a picture on a mug, I've got this. You're like, what have I done? (laughs) What have I done? And so we had talked a bit about it before they actually came out. And for me, I think one of the reasons why I've, I mean, I was bawling my eyes out through that, out the whole of that. And Mm. the song was the last thing. And, um, And for me, the fact that everyone got up, whether they liked S Club 7, whether they loved Reach or not, mm. every single person got up. No one cared about how they looked. They just danced. And for me, I felt like they, obviously they were doing it because they also enjoyed it and it was a moment for them. <laughs> but for me, it felt like a massive boost, like a thank you. So yeah, yeah it wouldn't have been as special had they not kind of got up and gone along with it. <laughs> Can you That's... imagine everyone just walked off? You just stood there on your own. <laughs> Um, you you were the kind of head chef of the camp, really. So do you mm. do you cook at home? Are you the the kind of? Of course she does. 
Italian. <laughs> so I was going to ask I do, you. No, I do cook at home, but that is my one time. You know what I was saying about the being on the periphery? Yeah. Uh, that is my one time. Because even though we've all we've got an open plan, like living space downstairs, that is the one time where I literally, I cook and I zone out. So yeah. whatever the rest of the family are up to, I don't want to know. This is my therapeutic just cooking time. It's interesting. Uh, so that is, yeah. <laughs> that is very much for me. I find myself just getting into kind of a bit of a zone and then just cooking. So it's quite nice. Yeah. It is a kind of clear headspace, isn't it? So yeah, lucky. it is. But I also realised I, I didn't want anyone to be um, squeamish about it or suddenly not be able to eat because they'd seen it. So me and Mo very early on were just sort of, let's chop the head off of that before anyone sees it. Let's, oh, you know, so straight away, just in there. Kate would freak out. I know. How was it for yeah. Tom taking on the role of both mum and dad when you were away? Because I know that Bodge... I'll get my mum round. Yeah. Um, but Tom was great. Tom was really good. Because I guess we have we both have times where we're, we are away anyway. Mm. And, um, you know, we do everything 50-50 with the kids. I would just say that there are a lot of them. Three, you know, feedback on threes. Threes, a lot of kids. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's a lot of kids to get into bed and be bathed or whatever else. So yeah. I think I definitely had the easier job just sitting in a castle with some nice people for three weeks. Um, he definitely found it quite hard. And, and it would be the first time, well, it was the first time in the whole time that we've known each other, which is 22 years 24 years uh, 23 years <laughs> 23 years now what am I 23 years <laughs> uh, oh god um, where we've not um, been able to talk to each other for that period of time like we've oh, never had wow. that much time not yeah so for him to be able to see what I was up to and then not be able to get in touch mm. our first phone call to each other was literally 15 minutes of it was just us laughing at the start <laughs> like before we even got any words out it was just like laughing at this general giddiness that you know the whole thing had happened bonkers Aww. that's so sweet you guys are so cute um <laughs> in less than three weeks we're going to become mm. parents to a human for the very first time you have been there. You have done that three times, to be exact. Yes. That is some achievement. I can't believe you're a mum of three at 36, shall we say. <laughs> shall we say. Did you always plan to have three? Yes. I, I, I yes. love that. Um, yeah, I thought, because I'm one of three and Tom's one of two, um, and I always thought I would have three or four. Although I've got to say, so we did a photo shoot for my first pregnancy and Tom in that interview said that we'd end up with like five or six. And I was like, you wow. are. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. And I've got to say, so when uh, we had this, when we had two, I was like, I really would love a third. I feel like that would kind of round us off nicely. I don't know yeah. why these things come into your head. and But we were always a, a bit like, well, maybe in a few years, like let's leave it a little while enjoy having these two get mm -hmm. on with the work stuff that we have to do without having the pressure of having to juggle around um three kids having to you know just being able to enjoy stuff and then you know how these things happen uh just <laughs> fell pregnant uh, oh. so yeah and and but he has brought so much joy and he has made us reassess how we do things anyway so I think sometimes you can plan for things and you know uh, other other times not but someone said after he was born that when you're done, you know, and I do feel, I've got to be careful because you know how these things work. <laughs> you know, like, I do feel like, I think when I had two, I was always like, oh, one more and then we're yeah. set, you know. Um, but this time around, I'm, I'm a bit like, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. My body didn't like me being pregnant the last time either. Really? really was just, yeah, it hurt. 
everything hurt getting up getting down oh that's a shame yeah but you know never say never because i said i'd never have a kid so what changed that for you um me persuading her (laughs) my sales my salesman boyfriend (laughs) partly being with someone for so long and still feeling content and happy like i kept saying to you tonight like you would be the person i'd want kids with but i just don't want them and then it got to well Okay, let's do a podcast and find out what it's really like. So series one genuinely helped me of this podcast because we spoke to some incredible parents. And when I turned 40 in May last year, that definitely, I don't know, it was almost like overnight. I Mm. felt like I was ready, finally. And we went to a fertility clinic as well. And she told me that my egg count was very low. And having that kind of, you know, it's so final because there's at some point in our lives, women, sadly, that's it then. You can't debate it anymore. You can't say, well, maybe one day. And Mm. now that I'm in it, I love it. I'm really happy that I'm doing it and I'm on this journey with you. I remember and not you. me. And you, Giovanna. <laughs> Sorry? And you, Giovanna. You're part of this journey. <laughs> I can remember first time around, actually, being pregnant with Buzz and just feeling like after years of hating my body for, you know, being a certain size, I also had a miscarriage before I had Buzz as well. It oh, felt like being pregnant with him was the most comfortable I've ever been in my body. I also felt womanly. I felt weirdly sexy. Mm. Like just being able to embrace it and enjoy it and your body doing this thing that's incredible. And all we do throughout our lives until that point is put holes in it and kind of go on your crap, your rubbish. Yeah. You know, we just pick flaws. And actually, I don't know why we do that at all. And then, you know, you're about to meet your baby, which is absolutely incredible. Like It's such an amazing, overwhelming and emotional moment because your body has grown that human. And I just think, I think when that moment happens, your relationship with your body completely changes, Um, you know, and I I don't think enough is out there for afterwards because, you know, then there's the whole, oh, snap back thing. And, you know, you almost go back to it. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I'm, I'm glad that there is so much happening out there now to kind of celebrate what our bodies yeah. achieve and what they do and because without you know those stretch marks or whatever else you 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 wouldn't have your children and you know I, mean, I had stretch marks stretch marks at 9 yeah um i think ultimately having a baby should teach us all that our bodies aren't there to serve simply the function of looking airbrushed and perfect it's there to help us through lives and to live our lives it's so um, true so, so true you should pick up different scars and marks throughout the years because they tell the story of your life oh good point well made really I've re- I, but i agree with you i've really embraced the changes of my body and it's the biggest i've ever been and i love it you do, I even you, love my yeah. massive areolas and the fact that my <laughs> nipples look like cigarette butts. I do love it. I just Yeah, I, I love, think you look amazing. And I think we've progressed as well in terms of like how women behave on social media after their pregnancy. I'm mm. seeing more and more women celebrate their bodies not looking as they were like even six months after their, they've had their baby. I can remember first time around literally being um, a few weeks before giving birth and doing an interview and they asked me, you know, so have you got... Uh, everything in place for afterwards in terms of you know getting back on it back into the gym and getting your fitness back up and I was like what yeah. I'm gonna be sat on the sofa snuggling <laughs> with my baby and eating some cake like, yes what is this where has oh, this man. come from that you know you can celebrate a woman's body while she's giving birth or while she's growing a human but from that point where the baby's no longer in her mm. you have to go back to the rubbish side so yeah so I, I just think that you have to keep being kind to your body and 
just checking in with it and seeing what it feels like doing. My sister, I have to say, so she she had a C-section and she developed the funniest laugh ever. What do you after. mean? <laughs> well, she was living with us because they were having some building work done. So she had a, her baby and she kept, because you can't laugh properly. So she was trying, it was like she was trying to hold in her laugh and suppress it. Uh, and oh, we used wow. to watch like Impractical Jokers on loop because that's what she wanted to do with her. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like this... <laughs> it was so funny because she didn't want to let this actual laugh out. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Am I going to yeah. have to do that as well? Well, luckily, I just your new laughs. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm just going to be telling dad jokes. There won't be many laughs. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wanted to ask, so, you know, we, I basically will take all the advice I can get now around kids. And um, one thing I wanted to find out, what was the main thing you did with your first child that by the third you'd stopped? Do you know what? I think everything, I think you just chill out a bit more. First time round, I was obsessed with trying to do all of the advice like, that had been given even if it was conflicting. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, you like, you, you read, you, people say about getting Gina Ford books, you get that. And then you read that and you're just like, oh my God, I, I'm, I feel like I'm already failing before I've even started. People bump into you in a supermarket. They don't know you. They give you advice on that. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it happened during it anyway, but by the second and third, I was hitting the ground running with it is to just do away with all of the advice mm-hmm. because um, it's actually not that helpful and what I've realized is that people are really adamant about their advice because they have their lived in experience and they have come out the other side having found what works for them yeah. yeah but really all you need is the freedom to experiment and see what works for you two and your baby and then I think you'll you'll find your way but yeah I think I think there's definitely a, a sense of a lot of the time with the with the two-year-olds and the third baby we literally like have you seen max where where's max (laughs) (laughs) buzz was never out of our eyesight yeah and that is why max is constantly drawing on walls he's constantly up (laughs) to something because he just has been given the freedom to do so which you know i don't that's not fed well um in terms of our sofas and stuff but yeah definitely to just relax in general i think yeah because i I read an interview when we were kind of doing research in this i read an Mm. interview where you're talking about your home saying you did a first aid course before you had buzz and you did a risk assessment and you kind of like sorted out your house and we have not done this so do we need to bin everything with sharp corners like what what's what's the deal (laughs) to be honest yeah i mean the baby's not going to be rolling over and and crawling around for a few months anyway so there's no see that's why i said yeah but we're yeah. buying stuff of sharp corners that we want to keep for longer than six months. Aren't yeah, but we, it looks it? nice. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, we wanted to and buy these all, like little rubbery, like cornery yes. things that you can stick on. Just get a pack of those and stick them on any corners. 
Fine. But honestly, like even first time around with Buzz, we were putting pillows around the fireplace, you know. <laughs> really? Yeah, we were, he was living in a padded cell, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I Whereas, imagine we'll be the know. same. <laughs> but, but also my friend, uh, Kate, who's a paediatrician, she, she said the other day, she went, read your baby, not a book. And it really stuck mm. with me because she said, you can read all the books, but you don't know until you have your own child what they're going to be like either. So It's so true. But if she came early, like tonight, it probably wouldn't be ideal because we don't don't even have the car seat in the car. No. Do you remember how you guys were feeling this close to your due date the very first time you were pregnant? Oh, yeah. I definitely had my suitcase packed and I was taking it everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, That's a good idea. Yeah. And then I can remember we had to go across London. So uh, so we live in sort of northwest and it was Tom's bandmate's birthday. So we had to travel across London to get there. And Tom was being really weird about how I was going to get there. I was like, I'll drive myself. He was like, no, you can't. I'll come back and we'll drive together. Like he's been really overprotective. And I was like, God, this is, you know, ridiculous. And I can remember that, that day I had, for some, I'd gone to the garage, the petrol garage, and I'd bought... Jammy Dodgers. Nice. Bacon frazzles. Oh, the best. Yum yums. And a pot of olives. And I basically came home and I ate the lot. And then I was feeling really sick. And I was like, well, obviously, because I've just eaten all that crap. <laughs> and um, so when Tom came to get me, we drove to Danny's uh, meal. We drove past the hospital and we both had this like really um, funny moment where Tom put his hand on the bump. We were like, oh, well, if you come tonight, baby, you know, wait until after the steak. <laughs> and, uh, and we were sat. <laughs> In this restaurant, and I was talking to someone, and I literally just felt this pop. Oh my god! And yeah, and that that was me going into labour, surrounded by our mates who just wanted to run and get towels, or call an ambulance, or do something. Oh. Um, but I can just remember there being a lot of excitement. Me in that moment feeling like, oh, well, my hair's done nice. So when you know <laughs> you see those photos of people looking like they're just breezed through life and just a baby's just popped out, that'll be me. Um, but I ended up actually not having the baby until 24 hours later and Ooh. it was a bit slower um, than we thought. But yeah, just just excitement, just, just pure excitement, I think, that first time. Because obviously having a, a kid or three would change your relationship quite a lot. So how, how did your relationship change with Tom after Buzz was born? Or I mean, or did it change? Oh, I think, yeah. I, I have a thing with um, people saying, you know, the whole phrase, oh, God, she's changed or whatever. We think of change as a, a negative thing. Mm. And I think if you go through massive things like birth <laughs> and welcoming children into the world and neither of you change then something's wrong you're yeah. a bit of a plonker yeah, of course. You know, you've got to change you've got you've yeah, it happens and it's and it's natural and, and for me you know I think we see a whole new side of each other um some good some not so good you know and uh it definitely has been an incredible experience I think what's hard is in the early days you're both knackered and you're not sleeping and everything's up in the air and um, but I think as long as you keep talking, it's all right. You're so right. Talking is important. It always makes things better. Because we, we used to have this thing uh, at the beginning of our relationship. Kate wouldn't tell me when something was wrong. So she would just, <laughs> mm. she'd be like happier and happier, like trying to hide that she was upset with me, but it'd be becoming <laughs> more and more frantic until she exploded. So we, we had a system. She lived in Manchester for two years and I was in London. So we had a system where I was like, if you're annoyed with me, just send me a red flag by WhatsApp and then I'll know. <laughs> the you don't have to tell me what. But that's the, the starting point. Like, Still found that difficult though. Yeah. We used to have a grumpy hat. You know how like the seven dwarves, 
So it looked like a Christmas hat, but we used to have a grumpy hat and a grumpy mug. And if one of us was being a bit of an idiot, you'd go, do you have to drink out of the grumpy mug today? And you'd literally have to sit there and you'd feel like such a plonker. It would just like get rid of any tension and make you laugh and kind of go, yeah, I am just being an idiot or I am just tired and I'm finding this harder than I thought. You know, me and Tom literally a week in were both in tears in Buzz's uh, room, kind of going, what have we done? I'd love us to be together after how many other years, 20 odd years of knowing each other and having three children as well. We know you're a happy mum with happy babies. What would you say is the secret to a happy relationship when you're also parents? Well, what's hard at the moment is the current situation that we're all in because mm. we're all together all the time. And I think so no one's getting any space and it just feels like every you know either you're homeschooling or you're doing your work and for us we make sure that we get a bit of time together every every night every day um that's just um ours but just being able to find those times where you can laugh together like literally Mm. being out on the sledge yesterday the kids not wanting to go with us it was actually great for us to be able to have that time like to be able to go down a blooming snowy hill (laughs) in a sledge and just laugh together that's amazing And, and I think last has always been such an important part of mine and Tom's relationship so it's being able to find the laughter in in the mundane Mm. in the bits that find that are tough because really the grand scheme of things a kid kicking off because they don't want to wear a shoe a kid kicking (laughs) off because they want to break there's not really do you know what I mean it's not Mm -hmm. really something to get stressed about yeah and and I think because you obviously don't try you 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 don't get stressed at the child you end up getting a bit snappy with each other yeah and I think awareness of of everything is just the most important thing because being able to turn around and say I'm sorry I've been a bit of a plunker you know I know you probably shouldn't be a plunker in the start in in the first place but you know when you're tired these things happen Mm mm-hmm I think that's yeah. the most important thing. Um, before this, though, last year we were like, we're going to go away um, once a month just to, just for a night and uh, and be able to just be us. Um, just you two. Eat. Yeah, just us two. Mm. Uh, and then lockdown happened the following <laughs> month. So it was nice, the one, one weekend that we did get to go away for a night. That was nice. Um, but hopefully we'll get more of that afterwards right i'm going to ask you for some top mum tips here or top family tips right what's your best holiday destination with the kids well we love a place in antigua um called oh, it's called st james villas and club something like that uh, and it is amazing and Lovely. it is a family place but you get your own villa so nice. you're not worried about having people in the hotel either side of you you feel like you've got your own space the kids have their own room there are swimming pools, there's a, the beach. The beach is like an, in a bay. Bay one side, actually, and then just really rough the other side. So all the families are generally by the bay. But you don't feel like it's a kid's holiday. Yeah. It just feels nice and uh, and free, and everyone's just really chilled um, and relaxed. And what, what's lovely out there, actually, is that so many people have um, got timeshares in it from years and years and years ago like decades ago right so they go back so when you go there you bump into people that you know but no one kind of clings on and wants to therefore have a holiday with you everyone (laughs) kind of you know you might chat for a little bit then you you know there's no putting tables together at dinner it's just (laughs) everyone's on their own holiday but you might just get a nice chat here and there which I love that sounds lovely I've never been to Antigua I'd love yeah that's amazing how do you keep the kids entertained on car journeys you and Tom have done um, songs together. Please tell me you sing to them. <laughs> well, now they're getting a little bit older. So for Buzz, we might put on a film. We might listen to music. Music is a big thing for them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they've got... I'm learning so many songs through them. Like, 
kids bop, basically <laughs> these teenagers who cover every single song going, but do a really clean version of that song. Um, <laughs> so, like Cardi B, I, WAP. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I which I only learned the meaning of WAP a little while ago, like literally a week ago. Well, well, um, well. I, no I don't even know what yes, is you it. Do. I don't know what WAP means. You know what means. the chorus is. I'm not going to say it. Oh, oh yes, exactly. I do know. Yeah, okay. We're with <laughs> We're it. We're so G. down with the kids. We are yeah. so cool. Uh, Kid, what did you say? Kids bot. Kids bot. Kids bot. So will yeah. we get into this when it. we're parents? Will we get yes. into them? But the great thing is, there are some. Um, because obviously there's the uh, there's the kids songs that are literally like nursery rhymes and they do your head in after a while. But there are some amazing like folky type people that do music for kids as well, which is brilliant. But yeah, car journeys, music is great. Snacks, snacks get you through anything. <laughs> yeah. I have always had the biggest bag of snacks by my feet um, when I'm driving. Cause, well, when Tom's driving, when we're going anywhere, uh, just to like, just chuck them at them every now and then. <laughs> Love a Maltese bat like a grenade. Yeah, yeah, just exactly. Like, see you later. <laughs> That's what we do with the dogs. So I've got, I got a cooking question for you. So you cook for five, right? So what's yeah. the optimal recipe so your kids will eat, but you aren't reduced to just having bored carrots and fish fingers every night? Oh, see, I would cook. I cook us normal food, but then just put salt on ours afterwards. Ah, and okay. and I've done that. So even um, when the kids were babies, uh, I would do baby lead. So rather than um, having everything like a puree although actually my buddy was a little bit of both but yeah i'm trying out a beef stew this week which i've got no idea how it's going to go down barley pearl barley oh unbelievable just oh, whack really? it in there yeah have you ever put barley in a stew before no it's it's the one babe just really? do it. and you made me soup the other day but because i didn't have meat in mine he just bulked it out with barley and it goes all soft and it just it, mm. it just makes it really thick and almost snotty but in a good way you like snotty, snotty soup. but in a good way yeah no okay. the, the soup. listen we saw you take on that food challenge you're it's not in a good way so step up from those fish eyes have you listener questions for you now g talk to me about having three kids we have two i'm on the fence about a third Just well i've already given it. my feedback i would say that on reflection three is a lot of kids there are moments where it's just completely chaotic and and loud and um, I would describe my kids as feral. Um, however, <laughs> it, is, it is amazing, you know, and I think if you take the third out, then we wouldn't be the family that we are now. So mm, yeah. um, it is absolutely bonkers. Uh, so I think if you, go, if you go for three, just be aware that the bonkers increases. But um, we once bumped into someone that, that had their fifth baby in their arms. Whoa. We were wow. like, whoa, how are you doing that? And she was like, to be honest, once it gets to a certain point, you don't even, you know, it doesn't get any more. You just start to forget their names. <laughs> yeah, if the fourth ever happens, be like, yeah, guys, turns out that's a load of bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> you lied to us on our podcast. <laughs> Claire, also a mum of three, loves you. How do you split your time between your three gorgeous little dudes? I think uh, you find things that each one of them likes doing that's mm -hmm. different to the other. So whether that's reading with one of them, playing Lego, um, singing songs, or just finding those moments that you can um have with each of them but, i mean yeah i think it's something that i never put pressure on i mean especially at the moment we're all home so it's being able to just sit down with one of them and just hover over them while they play <laughs> until they let you play with them <laughs> do any of them know what they want to be yet they've given you any idea indication of what they want to do when they grow up i, I don't know, they're really know. Young. They're too i young don't know that, yeah that yeah buzz is amazing on like the guitar and um and things like that but then it's also super smart in other ways so mm. who knows who knows uh, i'm just i'm just enjoying 
seeing them figure things out and discovering things. I like that. Yeah. yeah. They're great ages. What is the best first time mum advice you can give? That's from Lottie, a mum to be from Birmingham. Taking all the advice and then throw it away because people <laughs> feel adamant about the advice because they have experienced whatever they went through. Uh, but just take it and then chuck it. Um, because the bits that need that, that you need to hear will stick. I've got a question for you. You've achieved like so much this year. Also in your life, right? So you've written a ton of books. Uh, you've won I'm a Celeb. Kind of what's next? How do you keep yourself going? How do you keep yourself motivated to kind of achieve the next thing? And what is the next thing? What do you think you want to go on to do next? Well, I'm, I'm writing the next book for, for November. We start doing the next series of the podcast. I don't know. I think for me, I feel very fortunate that what I do doesn't feel like work like mm. I, I I really struggle when people ask what my hobbies are because I'm like I don't know <laughs> I, I like walking you know <laughs> I don't know um yeah so because I just feel fortunate to do what I do and have those conversations and stuff um so yeah I mean I'm going to carry on doing what I'm doing um at some point I'd love to return to acting um but I don't feel like that's something that needs to be done now mm-hmm. um just carrying on making people feel like they're not alone and you know gathering people up so that we feel like we're supported that's important to me mums feeling like whatever they're going through it's not you know they're not the only ones because I think I think mental health gets a complete bashing when when all those hormones and everything are released and uh and it can it can play tricks on mums so I think anything that's there in terms of support and because not everyone has a platform or, or the words to say what they feel and and I think when you hear the words that you haven't been able to formulate said out loud by someone else. It can be such a relief. Um, so to keep those conversations going, that's that's what's important to me, really. Did you ever get the felt tip off the walls and the sofa? Someone asks. <laughs> I saw that post. I was like, magic erasers, tell me you've got them. <laughs> yeah, so um, the sofa, I just flipped the pillow around and I thought I'd do that another day. Uh, <laughs> the walls are mostly off with a magic eraser. Um, you can slightly see it if you look up close, but if you just stare at it cross-eyed, you can't see it at all. <laughs> um, and then because I left him alone, I think I was taking the washing out and doing the tumble dryer. I left Max alone again for like two minutes and he'd got a black Sharpie and then has now drawn over the yellow uh, sofa. So yeah, and, and to be honest, I have not been able to mentally even take myself there yet. So I'm, I'm sure at some point... <laughs> I will sort it out, but at the moment it's just looking like a piece of art. I love it. Do you know what? I find it funny because it's not my wall, but I don't know how I'm going to feel when it eventually is our wall. Uh, Magic eraser sponges are bloody brilliant, aren't they? I love them. Really good. Um, I like the idea of you acting again, though. I like the idea of coming to watch you in a West End play or musical or something. Anyway, we could talk all day, but we know you've got another podcast to do. Um, Thank you so much for joining us for our final episode of Maybe Baby. Have a fantastic birthday this weekend as well. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for a big adventure. This is amazing. (laughs) Bricking it. But um, if you can be this happy after three children, there's hope for us. (laughs) I think maybe some of the happy comes because I'm not with the kids right now and I'm actually upstairs <laughs> in a situation where I've got no responsibility other than talking to you two. Oh, you know. <laughs> it's been really good talking to you. And I'm really pleased that you're doing season seven of Happy Mom, Happy Baby as well. When can we expect that to come? Very soon. Like, uh, well, I think within the next month, I would say. Let's Great. keep it loose. I think within the next month, yeah. Great. Thank you, technician Tom, as well. Thank we couldn't you. have done it without And him. thank you too, because, uh, you know, well, good luck to you two because the next little bit, it's a new chapter for you both. And just 
enjoy it. Take Thank your time. You. Soak it up and throw that advice out the window. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Giovanna. <laughs> Thank you. What an amazing woman and also so lovely. I can see why everyone goes to her for mum advice. She just channels such warm and lovely vibes. And I should point out that joke at the end there about throwing advice away. I meant that in general. Backtracking. Because it sounded like (laughs) I said, and I'm going to throw your advice away, Giovanna. Thanks for the last hour. We're going to ignore everything you said. No, No, she was brilliant. I love that. She's so successful in so many areas of her life. Like writing one book for me would be an achievement. Like recording this podcast for us is an achievement because it is. it takes a lot of work, right? Yeah. yeah, she's written 11 books amongst the podcast. Her and Tom have done, you know, books together, projects together. She's done songs, theatre. I mean, hats off to her. Yeah, there's so many questions I wish we'd have had time to ask her. Is it weird that I can just imagine um, G and Tom having babies forever and being like the Von Trapp family from The Sound of Music? They yeah, do, do you know what I mean? It's a bit weird. I, I could just see them just <laughs> carrying on and having loads of babies. They just seem to have it locked down. I mean, you spoke to her for an hour and now that's like, you've painted her in your head as some kind of Do you know what? I'm, just, I'm just happy to see a couple that are that happy after such a long time. True, but I tell you what, I love their grumpy hat idea oh that was such a great idea we should totally get like a grumpy hat or a mug or a you know like a jumper is this your way of trying to sell more merch always it is isn't it sales instead of you're brilliant on a mug you want you're grumpy just an idea (laughs) anyway that's it we are at the end of maybe baby season two and what a series it's been bodge what are your highlights i know i love how different the series has been for us we did the first series having you know we've never worked together before no. talking about a topic that we had no idea about dealing with that whole load of baggage where i wanted a kid you didn't want a kid so there's all that kind of stuff going on it's in a the lot background more tense, wasn't it it was tense but yeah it was tense to be fair and then you fast forward to season two and you know we had the certainty we know you're pregnant I know for some people, they were almost disappointed when we didn't keep the line of being on the fence. You know, we'd made a decision. But I'm happy so many people were just so excited for us, you know, as we changed our minds. Mm. So my highlight has been seeing all the comments and emails and being able to see the impact it's had on the listeners. So we never, ever thought it would. Not in this way. So thank you. Thank you a million times. And if we helped you in any way at all, then we're honoured. What about you? Well, you've just said everything that I was about to say. So thank you so much for stealing my thunder. (laughs) Upstaging me once again. I knew I should have never introduced you to the world of entertainment. I'm just fabulous now, darling. When you were talking about, you know, for some people, they were almost disappointed that we didn't keep to the line of being on the fence. It just reminded me of that comment from the first episode of series two, which said, what's the point in listening? She's pregnant now. (laughs) I'll never forget that comment. (laughs) And the lesson is you're not allowed to change your mind. No, you're never allowed to change your mind about anything. So what's next for us? Well, it's two weeks until you're scheduled to have your abdominal birth. And then we really see if we learned anything at all over the past two seasons. I think it's fair to say we're both... Bricking it? (laughs) Yeah, well said. Uh, So wish us luck. And if you've enjoyed all of this so far, uh, you might be interested to know that we have been filming a TV show all about our journey, our pregnancy journey. Um, I can't say too much, but all will be revealed on the 11th of February. Is it the 11th? Yeah. 
Okay. If you want to find out more, just follow us on Instagram if you don't already. Bodge just basically cooks for me. Um, what it's else? kind of like, you know how Love Island Extra, you just get the extra bits. That's what following me is like. You get the Kate Lawler extra bits. <laughs> Extra Kate Lawler content. It's that ITV2 for Kate Lawler. All that leaves me to say is thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being with us on this journey. We can't wait to share with you what happens next. Bodge, I love you. Thank you for putting up with me during this podcast. I'm so glad we get to have a break now. Yes. (laughs) And that note... Well, a break from the podcast, not a break from each each other. other. Which I would also accept. Anyway, (laughs) it's been wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, au revoir. Au revoir.